Stop! Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller Dirty Harry Miller Dirty Harry Miller Podcast Dirty Harry Miller Podcast Every penny's worth Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, a podcast that reviews every minute of that 1971 Warner Brothers classic, Dirty Harry. I'm one of your hosts, John, and I'm joined as ever with... Trent, can you hear that? Yeah. I'm butterfly kissing the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) All can be heard. Uh, Returning guest, Shane. Hey, how are you? Very good. You don't need to be so close. And Ashwin, welcome back for another Dirty Harry Minute. Hey, I've switched from blue gummy bears to pink gummy bears. Ooh. I don't know what flavor that is, but it is just amazing. The blue pill and the red the- pill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beat me. Well, we got an answer on the blue one before. Yeah, it, what was it, it was watermelon. Watermelon or, or blue raspberry what kind or something. Of watermelon would be blue. It's unpredictable, this gummy bear uh, system. <laughs> and returning guest, Michael. Hello again, the one and only from Such Great Lives. We are reviewing Minute 72. The minute begins with the judge saying, I'm sorry, you should have got a search warrant, and ends with our Harry asking, what about her rights? What did you think of this minute, Michael? Yes, as as we were discussing in the previous minutes, building up to how Harry's really trying to do the right thing about protecting, like he thought um, she was dying. He didn't yep. realise she was dead. Um, and But unfortunately, with the judge there and everyone saying, look, Dirty Harry, um, <laughs> we've got amendments uh, 4, 5, 6 and 14, he mentions, that we have to abide by. Um, there's not enough evidence for you to go and uh, do this and try and accuse somebody. Yeah. Americans take note, these amendments say that, you know, that's why pencils have erasers on it, because you didn't get it right the first time with the Constitution. So these amendments were, uh, yeah. You don't get, always get it right. Did you like this minute, Trent? Uh, it blows into the last two. Yeah. <laughs> I can't distinguish them. It's part of a piece. A sequence. Mm. But I feel like this is the minute where they stop threatening Harry's career. At the start, it's like, is he going to get indicted and punished? Now they realize, okay, you know, we were just wanted to scare you a little bit. Now let's talk about the substance of what's happened. And uh, yeah, bringing the audience up to speed with the fact that, okay... So, this doesn't rush by you. This is what's happening. This is like re-explaining, over-explaining, bringing everyone along with it. All right. We'll catch you next time on Exposition Minute. <laughs> Are we getting um, like restrained agreements from any of these two, do you think? Hmm. Do you think that they're in agreement with what's happened and they're holding back? Like, you know, they're, they're being all professional about I it. I think the DA could say more and he'd like to say more if the, if the judge wasn't there. Mm. But then how often does a DA actually get to speak? Would he really bring in the policeman to, rap, you know, hit his knuckles and say you've stuffed up? I don't know if that would really happen in real life. Mm. Maybe we should get an American policeman from 1971. <laughs> <laughs> we've got one, so just come on in, come on in. Uh, just sit behind the mic. We thought you died from Twinkies and too many hot dogs years ago. <laughs> So, if this was my workplace, this is, um, they, they, they chew you out. You've done the wrong thing. This is hopeless. We can't move forward with this. This is terrible. What are you doing? It's your opportunity to come up with solutions. So, all eyes on Harry. What are you going to do now, mate? 
Make sure you don't look up to the ring of lights above you. That's such a beautiful disco dancing light, isn't it? <laughs> that is unrealistic. No office has lights like that. That reminds me of my old primary school library um, in Kingsbury. And I don't know. I don't know if do they have those sort of lights in the breakfast club. In the looks horrible. It doesn't seem very energy efficient. It feels like the lighting guy has had a lot to say about that. And this has got nothing to do with the set designer. And if the bulbs go out in just the right formation, it would end up looking like a swastika. <laughs> That'll be a completely different movie. Or a peace symbol from certain parts of the yes. world. Yes. That may be the Bollywood version of Dirty Harry. It's like, <laughs> that is just fine, the swastika on the ceiling. <laughs> Say goodbye to Bollywood. <laughs> Do you reckon the DA's got a hot wife, Michael? Uh, in the 70s, I suppose anything's possible at that time, I'm sure. <laughs> On that sexy suit. I mean, come on, you know, the suits, the suits of the 70s. I mean, let's have a look at them. Look, look at all these colours. They're all beige again, all grey, not matching. That's it's probably why some of the reasons why I didn't watch some of these movies being the age I was very young during the 70s. Well, not born yet, but... Where are the laser swords? Yeah. <laughs> 44 Magnum is not a laser sword, is it? Five years before. Yeah, Tim's not here, so Michael's going to um, do Fashion Minute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Michael, there is a George Lucas connection with Eastwood in that um, Industrial Light and Magic did some of the special effects for Space Cowboys, I think. Really? Oh. It's got a busy time. He was probably prepping Revenge of the Sith or whatever that crap's called and put it on hold to help Harry with some scenes. Hmm. Is that the astronaut movie, Space Cowboys? Yeah, it's pretty bad from memory. I, uh, I've sourced a copy on VHS that I'm going to try and watch. That looks like a copy from Video Busters that hasn't been returned. Oh, and so with the fine now and in inflation, um, what are we looking at? Five million, like the same amount for a court case. <laughs> this has Australian money in it. Village Roadshow Pictures. Is that depressing? Out of any Eastwood film, th- uh, surely that's the only one that has any. Probably. I'm not sure about Mystic River. I don't know. Besides that episode of um, Hey Hey It's Saturday that he guested on at the <laughs> premiere of Movie World. Oh yeah, Mystic River. You know uh, trivia. That won um, Best Foreign Film at the Australian Film Institute Awards. Really? I didn't know we had a Best Foreign Film <laughs> section at the Australian Film Institute Awards, but it did. It won. Well, Ashwin, you're yeah. from the uh, Gold Coast or Brisbane, Brisbane. itself, yeah? Have yeah. you been to Warner Brothers recently? Have you been to the Dirty Harry Bar? I didn't know about the Dirty Harry Bar. And Not many people do. After the whole Dreamworld incident, we all got scared of theme parks. and so Incident? What? Oh um, no! Long story. Yeah, did you fatalities. hear about the four deaths at yeah. the yeah? Did they talk oh, about it in Melbourne? You mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, what talk- happened? Oh, so the world, the safest ride at Dreamworld is a beautiful, slow-moving log ride. So people use it to escape the dangerous roller coasters, and it, it flipped over and that doesn't sound safe. Four people, no, <laughs> it's terribly unsafe. And so yeah, it was four people died. Um, so we all stopped going to theme parks and. Wow. After that, it's very dark. We all got Netflix subscriptions yeah. and never leave the safety of your own room. That's right. Oh. <laughs> just, yeah, went safe. My brother nearly died on that ride. What? No, oh, it's because oh. I punched him in the chest and he got bad asthma. But- oh, yeah, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> wow. And then and I got called punched. Dream Wow. <laughs> Stuart, if you're listening, sorry. Yeah. This, um, just going back to, uh, obviously, as we were discussing, um, minute 70, 71, now 72, it's like big piece. But it's just more into this minute. Um, he's, he's just discussing like, look, I don't want this guy on, on the streets any more than you do. I've yeah. got a family. So, they're both putting in in, in um, 
yes, like this is a situation, but unfortunately, we've got rules to go by, we've got evidence, we've got warrants, we've got amendments. Yeah. Um, so it's just building more onto that. Yeah. One like, review would describe this movie as um, Mr. Deeds gets a 44 Magnum. <laughs> like the old 30s moralizing Frank Capra movies about, you know, standing up, like comparing. Jimmy Stewart going to Washington to stick up for the little little man, but here Harry's trying to stick up for the little the little woman, the you know, the victim's rights. What about them? Did you like this minute, Shane? Um, as a victim, I feel this is very important. Um, as an innocent person, I like there to be due process with my legal system. And as a cop hater, I mean sorry, I don't need to say that. <laughs> it's the second time in this minute he mentions torture and Harry doesn't make any exception to that why is that that's a confession yeah because mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah i think um when he pre- said torture harry said i i would like to speak to my lawyer please yeah absolutely like we have a different sort of idea in our mind when we say the word torture but because of what we've just seen we can make the connection but i think harry thinks he's a good person harry doesn't think that he's tortured harry doesn't uh, have a problem standing up to authority so if someone says hey you're a you're a bad torturing guy, I would have thought realistically you would say, well, stop you right there. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I did what I had to do at the time. I scruffed a man, basically. I stepped on him maybe where I maybe shot him, basically scruffed him. <laughs> they would have brought him back to like, this is more or less what we do to uh, intimidate and get, we have to get physical to get information when it's time critical. Mm. Harry's a means to an end kind of guy, mm-hmm. I think. That's like a moral thing. One thing I'm, I'm not sure if you guys noticed, like he's only got the first three copies of the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> <laughs> like his knowledge is limited from A to C. What a cheapskate. Yes. Or is it more? He's just got up to, he's just got up to M for Miranda rights. In there. <laughs> yes. Uh, he borrows them out of the library three chapters at a time yeah. and memorizes yes. the content therein. All of them. A for all of the amendments. He's got them covered. The Kingsbury, the Kingsbury, uh, Kingsbury Library, like John was saying. Yeah. In school. And I've got a nice, nice quote here in IMDb Invention, Shane. In the highly unlikely circumstance that a law professor would be consulted, he would be from the University of San Francisco. But I suppose Berkeley has push-button appeal as the red centre of bleeding-heart liberalism. It had replaced Harvard as the butt of jokes for reactionaries by the 1960s. That's beautiful. Was that a poem? Um, <laughs> we can make it so. Robert Frost, I think. Yeah. I think that was Pauline Kael. She's the reviewer, Michael, that absolutely ripped a, the arsehole out of this movie, said it's fascist and misogynist. Uh, and Interesting. I'd like to read that. Mm. Did you, you were a fan of this minute, Ashwin? I think it was a necessary minute just to wrap it up, wrap up this legal issue between the freewheeling, chaotic Harry and the bureaucratic, slow-moving legal system. We had to go through it. Um, Once again, we have the question, Michael, although they couldn't pin the rifle and the confession on Scorpio, there's other things they could get him for. It's not the only crime here. These You could probably prove Scorpio had assaulted Harry and, off, you know, on non-duty police officer at the cross. Although you could say, oh, he had the identification, he had the ski mask on, but it's pretty clear that you could get him in intent to kill, assault with um, bodily harm against Chico and he shoots him at the cross and illegal possession of an unlicensed firearm, mm. that sniper rifle, which in America would probably get, yeah. you, you know, fuck, at least a, a $2 fine. Um, there's things <laughs> they, could, they could pin up on him. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, it's a weird minute 
Well, it's not at all. I mean, it's it's not made to stand up for individual scrutiny, really. That's that's why this minute is difficult, and as are a few others. I mean, they're all set pieces. I'd I'd say the average scene duration in, in throughout this film would be three to four minutes. Would that be correct? Yeah, generally, yeah. Yeah, so it does make it a little bit different. Difficult, sorry. So you think it makes it a, a slow, like it's a slow, it's a slow down, it's oh, a slow part. It's a fine minute, but it's, I mean, it's a fine moment in the context of the mm. bookends around it. Mm. On its own, it's, it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Harsh criticism by Trent. <laughs> well, after this, there's another 30 minutes to go, Shane, that we've got to review. And the rest of the movie is pretty much the, the whole movie in microcosm you've got. Another extortion with the kids on the bus. Another scene, scene showing Scorpio's a whack job. And then Harry does it his way, the right way in the end. And I think, like, this one's sort of saying, um, like, as Harry says, hey, look, okay, he's out in the streets. He's not going to be on there for long. So that just shows the build-up to the end that, you know, he does whatever he has to do to get him off there. It's very dangerous, you know, with, with a lot of kids involved. But um, it's good that at the end of the day he's, he's focused. That's what he's going to do. Um, this has a comparison piece. Has anyone seen Sully? Has anyone seen that? But the whole crux of that movie is he's the pilot, Shane, that lands the, the plane oh, in the Hudson. On the Hudson River, yes. And he gets called in front of these government... Not only is his... Comp- like, you think he's going to be a hero, but the actual government comes to talk about whether you're competent, you know? So this is something that really happened, and then they made a movie about it. A fictionalised story based on what really Sorry, happened. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I didn't know how um, close to the actual events the the film was. Oh, wasn't it five or six years or something? Uh, not close to as in time, but close to as in like factually correct. I think it was pretty factually correct. He mm. was pulled in front of the, the airboard to explain why he didn't go to the LaGuardia airport or whatever instead of wherever he went to. Oh, we've all got preferences. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I assume he was exonerated in the... Court case in real life, yeah, he? he because was. he's a hero, like in my mind. Like, I feel like people love him. He's like Egg Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of eggs, I think in the movie, Tom, Tom Hank goes, You know, you're playing Pac Man in your simulators. I'm there with the real person, you know, making decisions. Mm. Mm. So, I'm just had a thought. I hope if someone's listening to this in 10 years, they know who Egg Boy is. Yeah. I, that- <laughs> I'm the walrus, John Lennon or something, Shane? <laughs> Not to go too deeply down that rabbit hole, but I checked. Like, I had some, got some friends in Europe and I'm like, did you hear about the thing with the egging of the Australian politician? Does that travel? That news travels far. <laughs> yeah. Because they came back with the retort. Oh, Egg Boy. Yeah, we love him over here. <laughs> How old do you have to be to become Eggman? Like- <laughs> Six months older and he would have been tried for being an Eggman. <laughs> do you think this is obviously a political dog whistle, Ashwin? Talking about rights, you know? Oh, this is like a lefty a pitch in the movie, you think? Well, the right wing, no, like they're deliberately mentioning real life precedents that are prevent- getting in the way between... It's a stitch case. We know Scorpio's evil. We know he's the guilty party, but yeah. specifically mentioning like... Miranda and Escobita. Yeah, I didn't see it as political. I just saw this as a really theoretical matter of law. Like, we have rules for a reason that constrain you and you're being too wild and you need to, you need to be more respectful. I, yeah, I didn't see it as political. I just thought it was very theoretical. Mm. It's a what-if situation, Shane. Yeah. yeah, it's a fertile ground for a narrative. And I think they've really um, found that's 
this is the crux of the movie. Um, yeah. And it is a gray area and that's what makes it con makes the conflict. Mm -hmm. And, and that's typically what you want to go for. And the audience is probably going to be a bit wishy-washy in, in the middle. You don't step on a guy's leg that you shot. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's one end of the extreme. And now we're just really our hopes dashed against the rocks. Oh, we may not be able to convict the guy that we know has killed this woman. So we've seen both extremes within yeah. the last five But Michael, five surely minutes. they could convict him for something. Like I said before, they could find the pliers that took out her teeth somewhere. Yeah. No, you're right. You've got to think about all that stuff. What, what are they actually looking for? Like, if there's matches. I suppose they did, may not have had our technology with yeah. DNA. That was, yeah, DNA must have been the difference, really, back then. Like, if they yeah. found the DNA in the body, that would be enough. But. Yeah, but they can, yeah, back in this time. Uh, the Mad Magazine spoof of this says... But yesterday they buried the victim's alleged body. <laughs> alleged body. <laughs> because the body can be admitted, even though the, the Miranda, the, the, the confession was obtained illegally, they can still admit the body. Yes. They so can the still admit the pliers if they find them or handwriting evidence. I don't know. You know, there's this thing with cultural appropriation, like when white people play Asians or Indians play black people. Do you think it's cultural appropriation for a live person to play a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's the you worst kind. You know what yes. it's like to be a dead body. Oh, yeah. Well, there's plenty of dead bodies around. It's not like, you know, there's a shortage of them. Yeah, so. exactly. Mm. They're not getting other work. No, exactly. No. <laughs> Tony Abbott's been getting away for it with years. <laughs> wonder if, you know, you can donate your body to science. I wonder if you can donate it to, like, the next film in production. <laughs> donate my body to Hollywood. <laughs> Scorsese in particular. Yeah. And as a brown person, there's way more market for dead brown people in movies, like <laughs> Terrorist number six, <laughs> seven, <laughs> eight. We have a place in Hollywood. You gotta as watch cadavers. the continuity. That's the same dead body as three seeds ago when we had more dead bodies. <laughs> yes. Oh, Ashwin, you've lived in Malaysia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the judge said I can't arrest him for spitting on the sidewalk. Not where you've once lived. Yeah, that's right. I think, th is that Malaysia as well? Singapore definitely. Oh, is it? Yeah. Singapore, Singapore is definitely yeah. chewing gum, spitting. But that's kind of a matter of law as well. Like, how strict a society do you want to live in? They're trying to create a really liberal society here. But Singapore, people feel safe walking around at 2am and strict, but... As long as you don't lovely. have a lethal weapon like chewing gum on you. Yes. <laughs> I've going to annoy everyone with our last ever instalment of Miranda Rights Minute. <laughs> Can you stick around for that, Ashley? Yeah. Shouldn't be too long. Um, basically, we talked in previous minutes how the Miranda rights were in full swing at this time, but in later in the 70s, there were some exceptions that developed, um, sort of r relaxing of these, these rights. Um, we've talked about some of the exceptions before. If the suspect goes on trial, if he takes the stand on trial and talks about himself, you can introduce his un statements to show an inconsistency, right? I'm a great guy or whatever, but, oh, you actually told, you told uh, Callahan where the, uh, the murder, where the girl's body was. Obviously, you know, Scorpio's not that kind of defendant. Um, also, spontaneous remarks um, that are made, not as a result of questioning. We had the example of Harris versus New York, I think, where a guy had robbed a bank, a suspect with a, sh a, a shotgun, and on the ride home, the cops were talking, saying, gee, I hope that there's a lot of handicapped children in this neighborhood. I hope no one finds this shotgun. 
and he had a pang of conscience and said, oh, I better show you where the gun is. So that statement was allowed because it wasn't really as a result of any questioning from the police. But the most important exception was the rescue doctrine, which said in People versus Riddle, three steps. One, is there an urgent need of information and no other course of action promises relief? B, is there a real possibility of rescuing a person whose life is in danger? And C, is the rescue the primary purpose and motive of the police officer? Uh, so in philosophy, this has um, got a different name. What we call this is... Don't look blanked. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. It's, it's the ticking time bomb. Scenario, yes. Scenario, yeah. So, yeah, this is what... Yeah, I think it's probably common enough. We don't have time to use our non-existent cell phones in 1971 <laughs> to get a district attorney or someone on the phone to approve us to break in yeah. and um, someone Real suffocating or something. Real possibility of rescue? Yes. We just need to know no, the location. No, 100%. Yep, 100%. This is like a, this is, yeah, cut, cut out, yeah, from the textbook. Michael, it's his primary purpose. Scorpio, uh, Harry's motive is to find the dead girl. Yes. So, yeah, if this movie just waited seven years, they could have had that exception, perhaps. And as time has gone on, it's even been loosened and, this, you know, the exceptions have grown bigger. Uh, in New York versus Quals, 1984, facts. A rape victim approached police officers on night patrol, said she had been raped, described her assailant and said he was in a nearby store with a gun. The police attended, uh, found the supermarket deserted, and found the suspect with an empty shoulder holster. The suspect was asked, where's the gun? And he nodded in the direction near some cartons of beer, saying the gun is over there, it's mine. It was held that such an unadvised statement, because they didn't give him his rights, was, was admissible as evidence, because, quote, the officers has been confronted by a kaleidoscopic situation and should not be placed in the untenable position of having to decide, often in a matter of seconds whether to seek an unmirandized statement or to give the requisite warnings which may deter the suspect from making any statement that they desperately needed. Um, but still, despite these exceptions, uh, the statement must not be compelled by the police, right? We've talked about innocent statements that were made and, um, yeah. They were just so stepping on a gunshot wound, <laughs> maybe <laughs> stepping over the line, on the line, very hard. Under circumstances of extreme emergency, where the possibility of saving the life of a missing victim exists, non-coercive questions may be asked of a material while a material witness while in custody. Non-coercive, like neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> where is the girl buried? <laughs> I suppose if you're torturing someone, you can't. Yeah, you're coercive, aren't you, Shane? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because um, like torture doesn't work. People say whatever they want. To get the torture to stop. So one of the problems is it's just not science. Like it's not, it doesn't get the job done. It's not even an ethical question anymore because it's like, it's, n it's not a means to the end. I mean, it is in this film <laughs> when Harry is Mr. Means to an end. But in general, you know, you, you can't expect someone to say under duress and under torture the absolute truth, yeah. even if they are, you know, guilty. Yeah. We have the latest example in the Supreme Court of America about this public safety exception, People versus Davis, 2009. It was held the public safety exception was satisfied despite the fact that 70 days had passed since the disappearance of the girl. 
In this case, because there was the slightest chance the girl was still alive, the officers had the right to ignore Miranda warnings to consult an attorney. Facts facts were these. A 12-year-old Polly Klaas was taken from her bedroom. Uh, Weeks later, her clothing was discovered on a hillside. A suspect was found. The defendant said he didn't mind answering initial routine questions, though he resented being accused of the girl's abduction. He then remarked, quote, look, let's shit or get off the pot. (laughs) That's a great expression. The court held this remark was not an invocation of his rights and a request for a lawyer, but simply a psychological challenge. So this wasn't an unambiguous request for a lawyer. This was just a bit of two-man play, as you said. Uh, Police Sergeant Meese arrived at the jail um, to begin rolling the defendant's hands for fingerprints and palm prints. He told the defendant quickly and innocently, if there was any hope that she is alive, you ought to give thought to talking to me. I reckon they've composed that word after the fact. I doubt he said, do you think he literally said that? Or it's just, he refined that later. You ought to give... To whom it may concern. I hope my letter finds you in good health, the suspect said. (laughs) The officer said he had enough physical evidence to make the case, even without a statement from him. About five minutes after he left, the suspect, Davis, uh, rang him up on the phone and said he wanted to talk. Um, Meese listened to him, him and he said, the suspect, Davis, I fucked up big time. When Meese asked if Polly was still alive, Davis, the suspect, said no. The sergeant returned to the jail where the defendant then raved his, waived his Miranda rights and made video statements saying he had done it. In the evening, he took them to find the girl's body. Uh, Prince also matched uh, Polly's, the girl abducted in her home. He was convicted, uh, but he appealed, saying that same old story that Harry never learns. He was not Mirandaized properly, and there was no public safety exception. The court held that the length of time a kidnapped victim has been held is not itself proof of whether reason, uh, rescue is reasonably obtainable. They quoted a case, Marriage of Weintraub, in which a female was abducted and forced to marry her captor, who held her for 70 days before they were found. United States versus Hearst, where 19-year-old Harris was kidnapped by a guerrilla group and joined her captors under uh, Stockholm Syndrome for 18 months. Um, and People versus Rios, where a one-year infant was abducted and found living with surrogate parents 10 years later. And it was held that it was reasonably, objectively reasonable for the sergeant in Davis's case to believe the defendant might have information that could lead to rescue. Even though a lot of time had lapsed, 60 days or whatever, it was still possible to use the public exception because she could still be alive, particularly because the police thought it was reasonable to assume that it was a ransom and not a kidnapping situation because when the defendant had abducted Polly, she told two of her friends he was just doing this for the money before he ran out the door with polly and there was also no evidence on the clothing found to suggest that polly was injured so it was reasonably it was available for the police to think objectively and subjectively that it was a a kidnap situation wow this has just turned into a true crime podcast this is a very popular genre i'm wondering where amy is from last week she'd probably love it (laughs) but i suppose the point is in this case Harry might not be able to satisfy this because no. he thinks she's dead already. Mm. They've found clothing that has blood on it, pulled out with pliers and stuff, suggesting violence has already taken place. 
I don't go along with that 70 days even. I mean, I know I'd be at odds with the court, but 70 days, I reckon if you polled the cops, mm. okay, a death pool, is she alive or dead? I bet all the cops are just going, yeah, she's dead. Of course she's dead. No one comes back from 70 days. Yeah. But because we can find in the, you know, case law, yeah. 10 examples, some lawyer has made a very compelling argument. For, for me, cops, 70 days, they will be pretty pessimistic and dark personalities, you would think. Yeah, absolutely. Look at that one. Let's retry the case. <laughs> So, yeah, it was held that in uh, this case, the police officer's questioning was not a product of improper police conduct. There was no coercion. So, he wasn't badgering or deceiving the guy. You ought to give thought to talking to me (laughs) or whatever he really said. So, even in these situations, uh, you're not allowed to torture them, Shane. No torture. No torture. Why be a cop at all? Yeah, so the conclusion was the public safety exception applies where circumstances present a, a George Lucas link, a clear and present danger to the public safety and the officers have reason to believe that the suspect has information that can end that emergency. So, yeah, I think we're pretty much finished with Miranda Wright's minute. I mean, it'll pop up in the rest of the podcast, but... What do you mean? There's going to be a whole series separate to this <laughs> spin-off series called Miranda Wright's Minute. Oh, that's fantastic. So I suppose I just wanted to discuss some of those cases to show that at this point in time, Miranda absolutely was the rule. You had to say you have the right to remain silent completely at any stage. You can revoke that consent to give information. You have the right to an attorney. And it had been around for five or six years. It had already entered pop culture with Dragnet and Kojak and all those things. But in just a few short years after this, the court would come back from the activist role and say, well, no, there are exceptions where there are emergencies and we can't let criminals go free all the time so. and still she hasn't come back from hanging rock <laughs> golf club so harry just wait on a few more years and um you know you'll have some relaxation because we think you'd you'd save the rescue the rescue doctrine would apply here probably yeah by the seventh sequel in the franchise you'll be smooth sailing <laughs> well ashwin many thanks for joining us thanks for Bursting me out of my Bollywood bubble. Um, <laughs> I'm great we had someone who's actually been on the other side of the, yeah. the justice system to report back. <laughs> Miranda rights are a good thing, huh? Yeah, for my people, we need them. Um, no, we're, not, we're fine. I think, uh, I think Indians sometimes claim to be an oppressed group, but we're doing really well in this country. So, But yeah, it's been a, it's been a weird and, and fun thing. So now I've just got to find out how to, to get out of, out of here and, and travel around Melbourne. What a, out west. Yes. Is it reservoir or reservoir? I call it reservoir. Jury's out. But I grew up five k's from here in Kingsbury, yes. which is so easy to pronounce. But I think it's fifty-fifty reservoir. I say reservoir okay. myself. And people don't get angry if or you reservoir. say reservoir. That fifty percent get angry, just okay. like the fifty percent of people who don't put Vegemite in the fridge get angry. When ah, I say yes. I proudly always put it in the fridge because that's what it says on the label. It's like the red gummy bears and the blue gummy mm. bears. <laughs> it's really divisive. <laughs> yes. anyone, anyone watch Step by Step? That show? Yeah. Step. Who was oh. the idiot on it? Cody, like the dumb. Yeah. He goes, well, that's like the day I learned that flammable and inflammable mean the same thing. So, yeah. Everyone refrigerates a Vegemite. That was my question. No? No. Never tasted it. I don't Absolutely eat Vegemite. Absolutely not. In don't the eat Vegemite, Michael? That's a waste of energy. 
I have a similar one, like it's a black, um, oh, what it, black yeast. Like, Are you saying you don't like brown things? No, Michael? no, no. It's a, you can buy it from the organic shop, like near where I live. The, uh, oh, Ashwin's from Brisbane. Yeah. He's not aware it's all of natural. organic, natural. What's this, what's this stuff? <laughs> what is this? Roadkill? What, what are you guys eating? <laughs> this non-Palmer food? Natural. Yeah. Do you say schooners in in Queensland? Or we say schooners. 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 We don't. We say schooners. <laughs> <laughs> but I wish we said schooners. <laughs> well, many thanks for joining us. Where can Thank people you. find you? So I'm doing a show for a couple of weeks. Blood Books. It's a show about East meeting West out in an old church building in Footscray. So you just look up blood books on Google. One word. You'll find it. And where can we find you best? Instagram, Twitter for those sort of cacacks? Ashwin Segcar comedy. I got banned from Facebook because they thought I was trying to impersonate a radio personality. <laughs> oh. Very long story. But in India? <laughs> yes. Who <laughs> shares your name? Or? Yes. Oh. No, it was me. Um, and they just, they let me back and you have to appeal. It's a very opaque, opaque process. Yeah. Like talking about Miranda rights, there's no like justice system within Facebook. They will decide whether you can come back or not. Are you saying you got accused of impersonating yourself? No, another radio. I filled in for a radio presenter and I shared a link to my episode, but they used ABC used her face on the link. Oh, it's an automatic thing. Yeah. And they said, oh, you're impersonating this person now. Banned forever. Unpublishing your page. And ABC just maybe if we on all by. paid yes. thirty cents a day rather than twenty five, we'd get a better uh, result. Look, I can help you out with a court case, but it'll be half a million dollars. <laughs> I'm not going to waste that kind of taxpayer money. Yeah. As long as all my budget goes on unsharpened pencils, <laughs> I'll be happy. We still have another minute of him later on. Mm. Crikey. Well, many thanks, Ashley, thank for you. coming on. Shane, thank you for joining us as thank usual you. at late notice, and Michael. Thank you very much for third time. Third time lucky. Yeah, I haven't divulged, but Michael and I and the band Such Great Lives. That's right. Where can you be found? We can found at suchgreatlives.com. And? That's about it. No, you have Facebook. Oh, Facebook, suddenly or other, I don't know. Michael, the details? Facebook, yeah, so you just go Such Great Lives, Facebook. Because um, we have Such Great, great lives. lives. And you can also find us on YouTube. And me, on my own, you can find me as Zarbologist. Zabologist. S-Z-A-B-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. All right. Hopefully I can persuade you to come back for future minutes, Michael. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you, Ashwin. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Trent. Thank you. We'll catch you next time on... 30 Harry Minute. Minute.